episode 24 of the Defending Magic podcast. As always, I am your host, John Patrick Wilson, and this show is part of the Hook CMEC network of content. That is the Hook Creative Media and Entertainment Company. Go check out Hook on all the major social media platforms, and be sure to go follow the Defending Magic Instagram page at Defending Magic. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McKenzie Travel Company, which was founded by seasoned hospitality industry pros who can help you plan your travel anytime, anywhere. Go check out the McKenzie Travel Company's website at mckenzietravelcompany.com and make sure to go look them up on Facebook and Instagram and probably all the other social media uh, platforms there around these days. As always, I will have all their information in this podcast description as well. So in the security uh, in entertainment industry uh, side of things, news over there, the Tour de France was interrupted when a spectator trying to gain their five minutes of fame stepped into the roadway as an approaching cluster of cyclists in the race came towards her position. One of the cyclists was clipped by the uh, spectator, resulting in the cyclist falling, then more and more cyclists falling. Basically, it ended up being a few dozen cyclists involved in the crash. The spectator is believed to have fled the country, and Tour de France organizers are planning to sue the individual once they are found. This brings up a really unique challenge for security event planning. Uh, The route of the race is obviously super long, and it really isn't feasible to have a line of security personnel standing there to make sure someone um, is present for when somebody inevitably tries to do something stupid. Uh, I do not, you know... I, I can't stress enough, I do not envy security leadership uh, at an event like the Tour de France. It's just such a beast to protect. Um takes a lot of social buy-in from the crowd to kind of you know monitor themselves, make sure nobody's doing anything stupid. Um, over at Disney, last week a boat on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride went off the track, leading to a 40-minute stay inside the ride for some either lucky or unlucky guests depending how you would feel about that experience. Luckily, I don't believe there are any injuries, but still, it is safety-related news. Sticking with Disney news for the time, an Orlando Sentinel article was published recently that said 250 alligators have been trapped and removed from Disney properties in Florida since 2016. Uh, Anyone familiar with Central Florida knows that alligators are common in the area, especially if your property has significant waterways. So this should not be surprising. In fact, I figured there would have been more tracked and removed. But regardless, it highlights on the complicated safety situation in Florida and how necessary it is to constantly be addressing how Disney has to work in a humane way to deal with the animal population in the area, obviously for safety reasons. Moving along, down in Texas at the Six Flags there, a 16-year-old was shot just outside the park An Arlington Police Department officer who works part-time as a security officer at the park heard car horns and went to look into the matter. We discovered a group of people fighting. Shortly thereafter, a gunshot went off and the involved victim fell to the ground. The victim was transported to the hospital where he was pronounced deceased. Officers arriving on the scene detained several individuals believed to be involved uh, in the matter. You know, it's... It's a beast. When you don't have a really controlled environment, even just outside your gates, incidents, unfortunately, are going to always happen. And whether if this was related to Six Flags or not, I'm not sure. But, you know, obviously, this is a super unfortunate story to be reading. Um, but it does kind of show why Disney, um, who experienced not issues like this in, you know, in California, when they went to Walt Disney World in Orlando, they bought so much land 
to try to isolate the experience more for guests so the outside world really wasn't as much of a factor. Moving on, uh, over at Universal, the bridge from Lost Continent to the Velocicoaster ride has received a new cage to protect guests from falling objects. Since the Velocicoaster has opened, there have been plenty of stories of guests losing all sorts of items, so this makes sense and probably should have been in place before the ride opened, as I would imagine this could have been uh, an anticipated concern. But uh, what's new with me? Been really busy with work and then continue to push through this hospitality and tourism management certificate through Florida Atlantic University. Uh, so far, I've really enjoyed the modules for the course. Some really interesting stuff in there. If the course does another session, I highly recommend it to anyone who is interested in the inter industry. Uh, no matter your particular job area, it is good to gain more industry-wide knowledge. But yeah, other than that, work... That is mostly what I've been up to, uh, involved in some long-term projects that are directly related to this show, so it has been kind of a balancing act, trying to balance out the mostly weekly episodes with the long-term projects. But that's life. Uh, I also attended a webinar the other day that discussed how to kind of sell yourself and your team to your company for security professionals. Like, what exactly do you add, since our teams aren't generally actually bringing in revenue, which really resonate with me as it's something that I'm constantly thinking of. How do we measure our success in the industry beyond like shrink rates and other kind of those regular security metrics that we you know talk about and hear about all the time? One thing I think we can do better as a security industry itself is making sure we have a hand on the wheel or a seat at the table, whichever expression you prefer, in terms of making creative decisions to address safety risks. In security leadership, you're often tasked with identifying and obviously mitigating risk areas. This often results in us trying to find metrics to show how we mitigated those particular risks. We try our best to implement mitigation strategies without negatively impacting a guest uh, experience or their satisfaction. Note, I said without negatively impacting guest satisfaction. I think this is really the wrong approach. I think we should try to approach issues with the mindset of, okay, how can we enhance guest satisfaction while addressing these issues? This requires a great deal of creativity at times. I think a great example of such an approach is at Disney. Now, I know Disney's not the only business that does this, but still, with the, uh, what are they called, the misting fans. Now, there might be an official term for these systems, these, you know, uh, the mist systems, but regardless, those misting fans are awesome. Guests love them as a great way to get some reprieve from the Florida heat while standing in a queue for you know, whatever attraction they're going to. The fans are spread out, not too far apart, and help distribute the mist to cool down guests. This also helps to mitigate some of the risk from heat-related safety concerns. Is it perfect? No. But does it help address a percentage of that heat-related safety concern? You betcha. This is obviously just one example, but still, that kind of approach can really sell you in your team's success in an organization. So how do we go about this and how do we get involved? The security team has to be constantly analyzing their safety and security data to identify trends. You know, looking at reports, even like, you know, workplace injuries, you know, that kind of report. Is there a rise of a particular type of incident? What are the underlying causes of that type of incident? Is there a specific department or physical area of your business that seems to be experiencing the issue more than others? If you can begin to identify some causes or areas to examine further, 
it's probably time to bring in trusted leaders from those areas to get their opinions on the issue. Now, if there is a department that is getting hammered with this risk and you approach the department head and explain the situation, you have to be careful on how you approach them in the issue at hand. You have to make sure that they know we are not coming in and casting blame. We are there to help. So explain the situation. Explain what you think the underlying causes are. Then ask you know, for those leaders and those individuals that you went to, ask for their feedback and what they think are underlying causes. Once you both kind of reach a point where you agree that you have identified the appropriate causes, it's time to start brainstorming of how to not only mitigate those risks and causes, but how can you do so in a way that actually would enhance the guest satisfaction? I'm I'm going back to Disney here for another example. Uh, you know, and Universal Studios did this as well, but with COVID and face coverings, both companies quickly rolled out brand-specific face coverings. You know, both dug into their IP and came up with fun masks that could be purchased at the parks. Now, it didn't seem as much like you are being like forced to wear medical masks. Now it was kind of fun apparel. You could rock Marvel character masks, Star Wars masks, Harry Potter, you know, etc. Suddenly, the effort to address a real safety risk by using masks had many guests actually wanting to wear a mask as part of their experience. Guests often would look at these as something similar to buying, you know, a brand-specific item or, a, you know, apparel like a t-shirt or something. It addressed the risk, enhanced guest satisfaction, and actually generated revenue through the sales of the masks. This is a unique example for the pandemic, but still the point remains. Implementing this kind of mental approach to security can take a lot of hard work, build relationships with people outside the security department, and learn as much as you can about their operations and how they drive guest satisfaction. It really comes down to taking time and committing to creativity, teamwork, and really just that mindset of not how do we avoid negatively impacting guest satisfaction, but really how do we, how can we be in a position to positively drive guest satisfaction while implementing risk mitigation strategies. It's a beast of a thing to try to even, you know, do, but if you just approach issues with this mindset, I think you're going to have a lot better uh, value to your organization as a whole. But that's going to be it for this week, a nice short one. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I went off this little tangent about this kind of mental state, but it's kind of what's interesting me right now. So that's it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Make sure to go follow the Defending Magic Instagram page at Defending Magic. Uh, and I'll talk to you guys next week.